Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. And welcome to the Athletic Soccer Show. It's our post-game review from the World Cup semi-final. The first of two where Argentina have just beaten Croatia 3-0 to secure their spot in Sunday's showpiece. My name is Jack Collins and I'll be your host there. I'm joined once again by the wonderful Rich Mo for Rich. How you doing? Hey Jack, yeah, really good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm very good. I'm very good. We've just witnessed a messy masterclass on one of the biggest stages in world football at 35 years old. And that, I think, is the main talking point. We'll work our way through the game. But before we do that, to drop that kind of performance in a game that was billed as very tight, we've seen Croatia been incredibly hard to break down. They've been resilient. Uh, they've controlled games in the middle. They've been really good at dictating the tempo. Uh, and Messi has just basically run over them. Yeah, I think tonight we saw a genius at play because you're absolutely right. When, you know, the, the semi-final matchup was was confirmed, we thought it would be quite a, quite a tight affair. You know how Croatia like to set up, um, you know, if they're you know, very deep and try and restrict all the space which is there. But somehow Messi was able to find it and somehow Messi was able to dictate the game like the genius he is. And as you say, you know, just that all, whole... The all-round performance was just something out of this world, and you just—it's again. You, you, this is what you want to see from the top top players, and and he's produced at that level, and it's just amazing to see. Yeah, definitely, and uh, I think you know the first thirty minutes of this were a little bit tepid. I mean, I think the team started relatively well, first five ten, knocking the ball about nicely both sides, and then it sort of got dragged into a relatively drab encounter uh, before it was lit up by this penalty decision. Now, it's one that's elicited a fair amount of debate on social media. I would say that about 70% of people are convinced that this is a stonewall penalty and 30% of people are absolutely convinced that the keeper can do nothing about this. The debate on our ITV at halftime revolved around all three pundits saying they didn't think it was a penalty, saying that what can the keeper do in those in situations he hasn't run into Julian Alvarez, he hasn't made you know, himself into a, a force to take him out and Alvarez has nicked the ball around him. He's just stood still, basically. He's even stopped his forward momentum. Um, and Peter Walton, the, the referee, said, well, he's got to get a hand on the ball. And that was basically where I landed on it. He, if you come for that and the ball goes past you, you have to make contact with it. Otherwise, you're denying a clear goal scoring opportunity. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's where it was decisive at the end of the day. You know, if he gets a hand on the ball, then, you know, he's made a save and, and, and you play on. But otherwise, he's, he's, he's not played the ball and, and he's played the man. And it's a foul. And it's something which, um, you know, those kind of decisions aren't always given. And in news, you go in favour of the goalkeeper. But if you look at that scenario, if that happens anywhere else on the pitch, 
with any other player. It, it's a it's a foul. So no, it's it's good to see that those decisions were, were given. Really, I mean, I can see where you know other people are coming from in terms of you know where can he go? He's run into him, but ultimately it is a foul. It is a penalty, and um, as you say, set Argentina on their way. I had a very, very civilised and sensible debate on Twitter, which is something that I don't say right. very often. Um, so, exactly. So, I wanted to bring it up. I'm chatting to someone called At Golf Dad Craig. Uh, he's been explaining, you know, some of the rules, you know, because we disagreed on this. He doesn't think it's a penalty. Uh, he says the, the rule states impeding the progress of an opponent without contact uh, involves you having to move into or force to change direction when the ball's not within playing distance. All players have like to their position on the field of play being in the way of an opponent is not the same as moving into the way of an opponent. My counterpoint to this was, if I'm running at a defender and I nutmeg them, and then we collide, I think it's a foul. And I think it gets given 99.9% of the time, yeah. right? And, yeah. and so therefore, it's kind of the same argument from where I'm standing. Yeah, no, exactly. The argument where, whereby if that happens anywhere else in the field... And that exact same scenario, you know, you are going to get the free kick, you know, without doubt. It's, it's very rare that you wouldn't. So I just think the same just has to apply here. I mean, to be fair, when I first saw it, I did think penalty. And um, usually you, your gut's correct, isn't it? And um, yeah, just say, I, I, I thought it was a clear foul, to be fair. And yeah, I, I, as I said earlier, I see the debate. I, I see it. I do get it. But um, you have to give a penalty there. You just have to. It's nice to see decisions going in favour of, of forwards as well, I think. And, you know, these are something I think we've, we've talked about in the game and you see offsides and usually I'd say the defenders get the benefit of the doubt just with the back foot and, and those kind of elements. I know that's not necessarily the laws of the game, but it, you just tend to see defenders getting these elements. So to see strikers and, and forwards gambling and, and, and it paying off for them, I think, is, is a positive for the game as a whole. I mean, there may be debate about the penalty. There was absolutely no debate in the way the Lionel Messi dispatched it. He's been waiting for the keepers to move. Not this time. Absolutely slammed into that top corner. Unsavable is how I would describe it. Un yeah, unsavable, unbelievable. Um, it's, it's always a um, not a risk, but you know, to, to go high. But you know, as you saw the other night, you know, Harry Kane tried, and uh, you know, he he, he failed. Um, but when it when it goes in like that and it's dispatched top corner like that, as I say, you can put two goalkeepers in there. He's not getting anywhere near it. Um, so it was just fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there was there's no conversation to be had. Just like that is how you put them away. But I, I suppose you know, considering considering Messi has missed a penalty in this tournament, there's always that kind of sense of nerve. I think there has been mm -hmm. in both the previous occasions, in both the the actual game itself for the, against the Netherlands, also in the shootout, there is that kind of oh, please don't let him miss because that's all anyone's going to talk about for, for such a long time. If he does, and he seems to be getting more and more confident with them as, as we go through this tournament, which is, which is a nice thing to see. And Argentina made it to a, a couple of seconds, almost it felt like later, the game exploded into life in these couple of minutes. And, you know, this one is as scrappy as you're going to see a goal. And now credit to Julian Alvarez, Julian Alvarez, I should say really, um, because the way that he, is so determined to get this ball. The short, sheer endeavour that he has to get this and get through it and kind of batter his way through the Croatian defence, which is at sixes and sevens, is remarkable. And it's just such brilliant forward play in that it's that bull in a China, China kind of shop thing. And my friend Sam Tai said that he's reminding him more and more of, of Carlos Tevez recently. And I, I think it was a nice comparison because that was a very Tevez goal. 
Yeah, when a goal's concerned, it's definitely a, a Tevez goal. You know, when it's a lovely ball for Messi again to play around the corner to, to get to Alvarez. And from there, it was almost as if you're saying, OK, I'm the furthest man, I'm the highest man on the pitch. I'm just going to get my head down. I'm going to make my way towards the box and see what happens. And that's, that's exactly what happened. It, it, it wasn't really much skill involved. It wasn't really much, you know, twisting and turning or drinking in and out. But he was rewarded for determination. I, I, on, on the flip side, you have to say it's really poor defending. You know, he's run through <coughs> two, you know, two of their centre-backs there who you're, you're expecting stronger challenges there. But um, so, you know, it's almost, they've almost been punished for their weak defending. But um, on the flip side, Alvarez has been rewarded for his for his determination, for his uh, for his strength and his, uh, you know, single mindedness to just run through. And as you say, you got rubbed with the green with the, with the last touch and, and he scored. But I think if you're Croatia, you're thinking, you know, that goal is so preventable because, you know, as, as well as those two defenders, there were about three or four other you know, midfielders who got back as well who could have made a challenge and, and didn't. So I think to concede then as well, it was really poor, um, not just in, in terms of the goal, but just in terms of the whole game state as well, because they're going one nil at half time, which they have done, you know, multiple occasions. They're probably thinking, okay, we're still in this game. We can still maintain our, our usual game of keep ball and, and try and wind um wind Argentina down. But um going down two 0 at the break, it really you know, it would have had to force Croatia to come out. And we saw in the second half, Argentina just kept hitting them on the break. And it was a matter of time before they went and got their third, really. Yeah, I mean, this is it. And you talk about bloody single-mindedness, which is, I think, a really nice way of putting it in, in terms of <laughs> where he was. It was it was almost like the blinkers had gone on for a horse in the race. And he was like, well, there's the goal. I'm going to run at that and see what happens. <laughs> um, but some credit needs to be given to Nahuel Molina as well, because his run across the back to take a defender away, to drag Borden Sosa over, who ends up you know, slicing the tackle that ultimately gives Alvarez the opportunity to score... Um, it, it is absolutely sensational, and and that kind of running from a fullback at that point. Never, you know, he's played wing back the last couple of games, but at that point, he's playing just as a fullback in a four to get that far forward and to have the kind of nous to get across him and drag a defender away is is sensational. Yeah, it is, and they're they're the key things which you know people don't see is that kind of that football intelligence, you know, to take players away, especially that area, um, that position where you know he's made a long bust and run up the pitch by 60, 70 yards, and then to take the player away. It was just fantastic thinking, and I was impressed with him today because when we saw Argentina's line up with the you know the four central midfielders across, you know, there would have been a lot of onus on him to to get up and down the pitch from right back, and um, you say that was a great example of him doing that, and he proved to be effective. That he's not going to get the assist stats for that, he's not going to get the accolades. But, you know, we, we, Alvarez would have uh, certainly appreciated him taking one defender away anyway. And um, as you say, it proved to be decisive. I'm going to start calling those Cristiano Ronaldo assists, a bit like the one where he nearly <laughs> beheaded it and didn't, because that's definitely <laughs> yeah, called yeah. the goal, but you can't give it, can't give any credit for it if there's no touches on the ball. Um, you're right, though. and I think it's really interesting that that was the kind of game-breaking moment in so many ways, because it felt like Alvarez had just gone kind of super scion on everyone and just gone I'm just <laughs> legging it at the goal fine but you're absolutely spot on in that it goes from a game where Croatia can continue to play their game plan can continue to just you know be compact be resolute and, and hope that a chance falls their way in the second half to we've got to go for it now and they went for their own version of, of Louis van Gaal's two towers ploy um, by bringing on Bruno Pekovic uh, alongside Kramaric in the second half and, and trying to sort of get balls into him but it just didn't feel like at any point it was working for Croatia. And maybe this is the point where you look at this team and go, you've been incredibly resilient. You've earned your spot in this semi-final through 
you know, in some ways, force of will, control of tempo in the middle, sure, but up front making it happen when it didn't look like there was a hope. At this point, it just felt like too big a mountain to climb. Yeah, exactly. I mean, for all of their, you know, superb midfield playing, so, you know, I've heard over it throughout the tournament, you do need to have that cutting edge up front and it's, not, it's something which they haven't had. Um, you know, they've done they've done well to stay in games and to take games to, you know, uh, extra time and penalties and things like that and you know, have, have been full value for their victories and have really deserved them. But when it matters, sometimes you just need to have that cutting edge just to give you the opportunity to stay in the game. We saw that with Holland the other, uh, the other day, you know, they, they threw on all of their men mountains and, you know, they were able to, to be effective. But we didn't really see that from Croatia today. As you mentioned, they're bringing on a big man, but there wasn't really any sustained attacks. There weren't any real, real threats to Argentina. And I think... It was interesting because at 2-0 in the last game against uh, Netherlands, you know, we, we saw them wobble. We saw them nervous and, you know, being quite erratic. But in this game, no chance of that. Aragon brought on uh, Lissandro Martinez um, and, and made further defensive substitutions as well, you know, either going to a five at the back. And, yeah, they, they were just determined to not make the same mistake again, shut up shop and just see the game out. And I was impressed with the way they did that today. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is supported by Season 3 of FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher division. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenges and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. Catch all new episodes Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. Yeah, and they did so in, in fine style because this third goal was, well, it was it was belongs in the Louvre, some would say, a genuine piece of artwork <laughs> from Lionel Messi. And look, we've been full of praise as well for, for Josko Gvardiol throughout this tournament. I think many have said he's been the best defender throughout this tournament. I wouldn't disagree with that in terms of, of how, how much his stock has risen throughout this tournament. But when you're looking at this and, and sometimes you just have to, you know, doff your cap to a higher power and the way that Messi twists him inside and out for this third goal and a 15 year age gap between them Guardiola is 20 Messi is 35 it made absolutely no difference um yes he tied him in knots 
yeah, sometimes you just have to bow to a master, uh, a master at work, master at play. Because I mean, what what happened on on that right flank was was just a joke. I mean, as you say, picked up the ball, and as they said in commentary, it wasn't really pace that got him away, but it was the ability to to stop, slow down, change direction at speed, which ultimately did him. And as, as you said, you know, Guardiola has been one of the the top top defenders of this tournament. I'm sure he'll he'll get a big move, uh, if not in January in, in in the summer. You know, he's very talented, but Messi made him look like a small boy there uh, for about 10, 15 seconds, sustained. Uh, it's it, it just inevitable as to you know whether Messi would score himself or, or get an assist. And she said he toyed with him, toyed with him, and again, end product got in that. So he got to the byline and he made the right decision. You know, sometimes you might see players try and flash it across the box. You might see players, don't know, try and shoot or whatever, but he, he had the, you know, the, the, the peace of mind as, as always to make the right decision in the box and he cut it back perfectly and say it was three nil. But as you say, yeah, that, that montage, that, that sequence of plays, it, it deserves to be, to be somewhere. Maybe sell it as an NFT or something. Cause it was incredible. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, some, I'm sure someone will will make that attempt at some point. But you know what? It's a it's a fourth goal for Julian Alvarez as well. You know, he has erupted into the limelight, and you know, a lot of us have been talking about him since he was at River Plate, and we thought that move to Man City was a a good move, but a brave one in so many ways. It thought somewhere maybe where he was getting consistent minutes would have been a better stop for his first stop in Europe. Um, but it doesn't seem to have slowed him down a touch. His ability, whether he's playing through the middle, whether he's playing out wide, to stretch defences, to make the intelligent runs, to do the scrappy stuff well, as well as the the very, very kind of glossy stuff that he does awesomely as well as that. It's just complete forward in so many ways, and I can't wait to see where his career goes. Yeah, it's really exciting, you know, from a Manchester City point of view, to have him as, as a backup to Haaland. I think it's, it's scary for, for everyone else, to be honest. But I think you're absolutely right. The the way that he's so dogged and determined up front, you know, as you say, he stretches the play. And I think it's really important in this Argentina side to do that because, you know, we like we know Messi likes to drop in there, he likes to you know, stroll around and find space behind him. But it doesn't really work and it won't work if we don't have a striker who's willing to to stretch the play and he, he's yeah. a willing runner. He'll do the all game. He'll, he'll continue to do the, hit the channels, hit the flanks and occupy the two centre-backs. And when he's in front of goal, you're confident that he's going to hit the back of the net as well. So yeah, it's, it's great to see his development. I think people who may not have known too much about him going into the tournament would, will see that he, he's, he's got all the, all the, you know, the potential to be a top, top striker moving forward. Uh, we saw the end of Luka Modric. It's not World Cup career because he'll obviously play in the bronze medal match now, but the end of his kind of first class World Cup career, shall we say, uh, at this point. Uh, what a player. I just think it is worth pointing out because he's had a World Cup final and a World Cup semi-final in the last two editions of the tournament. Uh, I imagine he'll play in the next Euros, but I can't see him making it to 2026. Just worth putting up you know, as a hand for the genius at work that is Luka Modric. Couldn't get a massive handle on the game today, uh, but that shouldn't deter from his legacy. No, no, not at all. He's... It's been fantastic to watch. It's a real, real education. You know, he puts in a clinic every time he gets in the pitch. So just the way he's, you know, he, he glides across the pitch. You know, his passing, his intelligence, and also his work rate as well. Which sometimes go, goes um, goes under the radar as well. He's just a complete midfielder. Um, and yeah, as you say, it was, it was quite sad to see him kind of you know, trudging off. But at the same time, I feel like someone like him deserved that ovation from the Croatian fans. 
and it was nice to see that many went off as well. You know, the whole bench was stood up, and you know, everyone gave him a high five. And like you say, it was it was a kind of end of an era uh, moment, really. But um, it was great to see that it was it was marked well. Um, but yeah, again, another genius at work. Really, very lucky to to see him over the years, and yeah, sad to see him kind of bow out in this way. In the battles of LM10, he's got one and Messi's got one. I think we'll all uh, we'll allow that on the international stage <laughs> at the very least. Um, but Rich, before we go and before we close this off, has your opinion on Argentina changed? Because I think there was an element up to this point where it felt like Argentina were good but fallible. And we saw that against the Dutch. We saw it a little bit at the end of the Australia game. Obviously, people are always going to talk about that Saudi Arabia game at the very start of the tournament. This was a very, very composed, complete performance, I thought, from Argentina. They did all, all the things that they needed to do. They were patient. They kept the ball well. They stretched the lines where they needed to. They changed formation again. So it's not just that we've seen them in this five at the back and anywhere else. This is the kind of performance I think will give Argentinian fans heart ahead of whoever they play in the final because it looks like a team that continues to grow into each game. Yeah, I think the open day defeat has really kind of kicked them into gear really. And you've seen a side of it has grown momentum throughout the tournament. Yes, there have been times where they've been shaky, been fallible. As you say, look at the, the last two games, for example, but you have to give um, the, the manager credit there because he, he changed the formation to so 4 4 four central midfielders there to really try and nullify Croatia's main threat, which, which is their midfield. And you know, kind of making it a four against three, sometimes even a five against three, with Messi dropping in and and kind of nullifying the space for you know Croatia's danger men. And you know, so little decisions like that, little tweaks like that, it just goes a long way. And we saw that today because Croatia weren't able to create really anything. You know, their three midfield weren't able to do that, and that was just because of that formation change, really. So you're seeing a side which has grown in momentum throughout the tournament, and yeah, as you say, it will give Argentinian fans hope. And you know got that kind of optimism for the final because we've seen all their games and they've okay they thrived in the chaos but so almost 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 broken really but you know they, they're quite calm they're comfortable today they saw their game out very well and they're going to need that kind of mentality going into the France game because they, that can you know has potential to be a great game. The France Sorry, game. Let me take that back. 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 Sorry, I said that straight away. Let me take that back, please. Whoever they play in the final. You know, there's an element of chaos which is going to be there. If Argentina are able to nullify that chaos, as we saw today, they were very calm and composed and saw the game up. So whether that's against Morocco, whether that is against France, there will be the element of the opponent trying to bring that chaos to the game. And as you say, the fact that Argentina were able to to stop that uh, was was really good to see. So yeah, full credit to them, and um, yeah, on they go. And apologies to, of course, my Moroccan <laughs> friends and, and supporters. I'm so presumptuous there. I, I don't think anyone will take uh, take too much umbrage to that. It does feel uh, that anything tomorrow would be a major shock, but shocks have been the bread and butter of this tournament, my friend. But for now, uh, Lionel Messi and Argentina are into the final. The last hurrah for the great man continues on course. You will see who they're going to be meeting tomorrow. But from us here on the Athletic Soccer Show, thank you so much to Mr. Richard Mofa. Hey, thanks for having me. Good to see you. And you, my friend. Thank you so much for tuning in as ever. I've been Jack Collins and we'll see you tomorrow, gang. Take it easy.
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.